Sweet and sour greetings to you, my friends. Sweet and sour greetings. Yes, sweet and sour greetings. Ho- hopefully uh, mostly sweet today here on the podcast. I'm Harlan Williams. You are on my podcast. The podcast is the Harland Highway, and I am the host. So now you've got all your ducks in a row, which is a dumb saying because I like my ducks crooked. So um, welcome, everybody. Um, what a show, what a show, what a show. We are going to be talking about so many things today. Um, we are going to be talking about excessive violence in the National Football League, and you're going to be surprised where I go with this. It's it's probably not the type of violence you're thinking I'm going to talk about. It, it's something that uh, might not have caught your eye, might have caught your eye, but you weren't really aware of how violent it is. Um, also, uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, new uh, 007 movie, Skyfall. I'm going to be kind of giving you my thoughts on that one and uh, maybe kind of a little review um, and a dissection of, of uh, 007 Skyfall. And then there's also been a death, a really sad death, a death of something that we've all had touch our lives. I'll get into that and the Harland Highway question of the day. It's going to be fun. It always is right here on the Harland Highway. Does your mother know what you're doing for a living? The Harland Highway. Hey-oh. That is classic. What a treat. Listen, lame brain. Let an expert show you how to do this. The Harland Highway. Ow. Yeah, it's me. Welcome, everybody, to the Harland Highway. You hear you hear the funeral music? Did you hear it? Are you sad? And you're like, well, who the hell died, man? And I'm like, well, let me tell you, man. You know who died? Hostess Twinkies. Hostess Ding Dongs. Hostess Ho-Hos. Twinkie the Kid. All those famous Twinkie brands. The Hostess Twinkie company has gone into bankruptcy um hostess brands the people who make wonder bread twinkies ding dongs ho-hos they packed it in man the company got like boggled down by debt management and turmoil and rising labor costs and the changing tastes of america I don't know if I buy that one. The changing taste of America. What, people are putting down the Twinkies to pick up a a, a salad? Uh, have you looked around, America? I doubt it. If anything else, it's the other way. People, people are like running across salad bars to get to a Twinkie or a Ding Dong. This salad looks very healthy, but... Oh my God, what's that over there? Oh my God, it's a Twinkie. Get the fuck out of my way. Ah! Right? Um, But you know what it probably is? It's probably all that that management and union stuff and, and, you know, all the the, the, uh, BS that companies get quagmired in. You know, the the unions make all these deals where uh, employees get paid triple what they made when they worked there right up until the day they die and... Blah, blah, blah. I don't know all the ins and outs, but you know how it works. You've seen the story a million times. Um, 
where uh, everything gets so overmanaged and so unionized that the company can't even afford to make its own product anymore, and they they try to sit down and negotiate with these unions and and all this and that, and uh, it's like, no, we're not giving up the good life. And they're like, well, listen, man, you're not going to have a job. We're closing the company if you don't work with us. Yeah, right. So they close, and there you go. Um, here's here's a quote. The company said it was saddled with costs related to its unionized workforce. So there you go. I I was I was speaking the truth. Um, the company had been contributing a hundred million a year in pension costs for workers. The new contract offer would have slashed that to twenty five million a year in addition to wage cuts and a 70, 17% reduction in health benefits. Um, so there, there's one huge problem that you see playing out over and over again. It's just everyone wants too much of a piece of the pie or management made too many promises to people when they were working. Um, and then also on the other side, you can't blame the workers. It's also, listen to this, Hostess came under fire this spring after it was revealed that nearly a dozen executives received pay hikes of up to 80% last year, even as the company was struggling. So it, it works all ways. You got, you got the employees, you got the unions, you got the upper management and uh, it's just greed, man. It's everybody wanting more, and they forget about the uh, first principle of business, which is uh, make a good product, uh, make your customers happy, and turn an honest profit and share the wealth around, and uh, say hello to longevity. But uh, it can get so corrupt, can it? And we, the consumers, have to pay. No more artery-clogging Twinkies with that mystery cream inside. Um, I'm sure you've heard the uh, the stories about the shelf life of Twinkies. They probably outlast the people that are receiving these uh, elongated pensions. Uh, and the hostess ho-hos and the ding-dongs. If nothing else, maybe America's uh, you know tastes have changed in terms of the names. It's not like America's given up on sugary pastries, but maybe maybe the world's a little too chic now to go in and say, "Hey, could I have some ding dongs, please? Yeah, chocolate cream filled ding dongs and some Twinkies." And while you're at it, do you have any extra ho hos? So let me check my list. Ho-hos, ding-dongs, and Twinkies. It's just that you you just don't want to say that. It just makes you feel dirty. You don't feel like a human being. But I got to say, I was never a huge fan of the actual food product. I kind of liked it that these junky things existed. I liked some of the advertising, you know, like, Hostess Ho-hos. And Twinkie the Kid, I'm Twinkie the Kid. Remember they had a Twinkie dressed up as a cowboy? He had a little cowboy hat and cowboy boots and it looked like he had a pistol on his waist even though 
His body is like the same proportions all the way down. He's like a hot dog with yeast growing on it. How you keep a gun holster on when you really don't have a waist. I'm Twinkie the Kid. How's this how house? Right? <laughs> you, you know, what, what, what strikes fear into the heart of a gunslinger more than, uh, you know, you're robbing a bank in a western town or you're... Uh, taking down the Wells Fargo stagecoach with your gang on horseback. And all of a sudden you hear, drop those sacks of money. I'm Twinkie the Kid. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Can you really win a shootout when the guy you're uh, you're fighting, the guy you're you're dueling with in in gunplay is made out of foam and cream? I mean, the way I see it, you could probably put like 20 million bullets through a Twinkie the Kid and just going to go through his spongy insides and come out the other side. Didn't hurt me, I'm Twinkie the Kid. And then, you know, the guy starts bleeding. You just want to eat him. It's like, oh my God, he's wounded. Can we lick him? Can we lick? That looks like delicious whipped cream. Can we please lick him? Oh. No. Um, so there you go, man. It's a little bit sad. An iconic company. We all grew up on it. We've all had it in our mouths. We've all had this company in our mouths. I know that sounds odd. But all of you listening have had this company in your mouth. You've all had a Twinkie in your mouth. You've all had a Ding Dong in your mouth. You've all had a ho-ho in your mouth. See, you can't say this stuff nowadays. It's basically politically incorrect. Is that a ho-ho in your mouth, or are you just happy to see me? Um, it's not a ho-ho in my mouth. As a matter of fact, it's a ding-dong in my mouth. And now it's working its way into my throat. And, you know. So, uh, arrivederci, goodbye to Twinkies and Wonder Bread. And my God, what's next? Coca-Cola goes away. Pepsi goes away. Um, You know, Reese's Pieces go away. I mean, sad. It's sad in a way. It's a part of our culture. Deep fried Twinkies. So there you go. Uh, Our funeral music plays on as the, uh, the company we know as Hostess dies. Oh my, I'm dying. I'm Twinkie the Kid. Oh, I admit I don't know too much about modern times. No, but here's something I do know something about. And uh, I don't know how many of you uh, folks listening, how many of you pavement pounders listening like to watch your football, your NFL football. But this is a little alarming to me. Um, A lot of times nowadays when you see a team playing... And one of their teammates makes a, a play, like uh, let's say, let's just pick for example, like uh, I don't know the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? And one of the players uh, makes a catch, runs into the end zone, gets a touchdown, and uh, great, great for the team. You're you're on the board, you got a touchdown, right? But here's what happens in a game riddled with injuries, physical injuries and especially head injuries and and concussions, the first thing you see happen when these guys uh, make a touchdown is their teammates come charging at them and headbutt them, 
with their helmets and smack them in the head and punch them and slap them and bang them around uh, their own teammates, and this is the the way of like celebrating the touchdown. It's like a congratulatory concussion. Hey, man, great catch. Way to go. Bonk. I'll see you in the comb award, man. I mean, I've seen some pretty harsh ones, man. And this weekend there was a really, really nice, uh, I think it was the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and uh, one of the teammates, uh, one of the guys made a spectacular catch flew up into the air, grabbed the ball. He was between uh, two other players, defending players, grabs it out of the air, drops to the ground. It was like a game-winning touchdown. And he goes over to the sidelines, and one of his teammates who wasn't even in the game, who was, uh, was on the sidelines, not even in uniform, but was on the side rooting his team on, he was there from his own injury, just walks up to the guy and pretty much like punches him full on in the friggin' head. And this get this guy's like head snaps back. And I'm like, are you are you serious, dude? Like uh, on a good day or even a bad day, that's a dangerous thing to do anyone. You you're physically just like whack the guy in the head. He's your own player. And uh, you really snapped his head back, and you could cause a lot of damage. Now, it's not likely you'll cause a concussion, but you could cause a neck injury or a spine injury or who knows what, man. It's really reckless and stupid, and I'm, uh, I'm scolding all of you. And I will punch you all in the head if you don't stop it. But it's disturbing to me. If I was a coach on the sidelines, I'd be like, guys, 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 high-five each other, which I, you know what, I wouldn't even say that because what does a football player need more than anything? His hands. He needs his hands to make tackles. He needs his hands to catch the ball. He needs his hands to do everything. And some of the, even some of the high-fives I see these guys doing are very powerful and hard, and you literally you could break a bone in a hand with some of the force they use. And don't forget, these guys are jacked up on their own adrenaline, and they're already big guys. They're, they look like bodybuilders. They're rippling with muscles. They're already jacked up. Add to it the adrenaline, and now add the extra adrenaline because they just made a big play. And they're bumping each other. They're punching each other. I, I see some where they, they jump up in the air and jump on the guy's back. And the guy that caught the touchdown is now piggybacking like a 350-pound like linebacker or a blocking tackle is riding on his back. Hello, spinal cord injury. That's like lifting a fridge. Hey, I just scored a touchdown. Uh, you mind if I come to your house and move your fridge? Down some steps for you. That's how I like to celebrate. I like to put excess weight on my back. Right all over my spine. And it really would help if you just threw the fridge on my back when I wasn't expecting it. Because, you know, that really adds to uh, the the odds of me getting a, a spinal injury when I don't see it coming. I'm telling you, man, it's a stupid, stupid practice. If I was a coach, I'd say, dudes... You want to celebrate? Celebrate all you want. Shake a guy's hand. Pat him on the back. 
knock off this uh, super physical macho stuff, man. You, I promise you there's you're either going to lose a primo athlete to one of these congratulatory like power slams or if they haven't yet, it's coming. Mark my words. So someone will get up there and do a big high five or a helmet smash and next thing you know, you're going to see him out of the game because he got injured by his own player. So just a little pet peeve. Enjoying the sports, but don't need to see that crap. Um, to me, it's stupid. That's like if you had a if you had a primo racehorse. Okay, you know how delicate racehorses are, right? And those things are rippling with muscles. And you know you, what do they do when they when they win the Kentucky Derby? They they pull them in, they chamois them down with velvet chamois. They wash them with soap and water. They put a they put a nice gentle. Uh, a uh, wreath of roses around their neck. They pet them. They they love them. Okay? You don't see someone walk up to a horse and punch it in the muzzle. Congratulations, you old bastard. You won the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> they don't uh they don't headbutt it. They don't jump on its back. They don't whip it. They don't uh kick it. They treat it with tenderness. Because they know it's a delicate athlete. So you might want to uh, pick up on those clues, uh, NFL. Wow. Doesn't take a genius to do to figure this out. <sighs> now, if you're in a receptive state, I'll recapitulate. All right, I'll say it again. I'll recapitulate. Stop smacking each other in the head. If you want to smack each other in the head, do like I do. Do it to yourself before you go to sleep. Bonk! Hello. Now, to be certain that I have this straight, I'll re-recapitulate. Well, good. And while you're recapitulating, I think it's time. I think you know what time it is. It's obvious what time it is. It's time for the Harland Highway Question of the Day. The Harland Highway Question of the Day. Okay, here it is. This, This is a tough one, man. I hope you guys can help me. The Harland Highway question of the day is, how many giraffes do you think are killed every year by going to Home Depot and walking through the ceiling fan display area? You know, you know, in Home Depot, they got that one area where all the lighting is, and then they got the, this whole... Uh, area where there's about 50 different ceiling fans hanging from the roof way up high. How many giraffes a year die because of this? Right? A giraffe goes into Home Depot looking for some lumber, maybe some new sprinkler heads, maybe a rake, maybe some grass seed, a barbecue. He's kind of looking around in the aisles, you know, doesn't really remember to look above him. And there he goes, walking down aisle 12, right towards the ceiling fans. Boom, decapitated. So there you go. Question of the day. How many drafts are killed by ceiling fans every year? So sad. The Harland Highway. Question of the day. Okay, here's something that uh, doesn't need to be questioned. Uh, have you seen Have you seen the new James Bond movie yet? Uh, Skyfall. 
Uh, good movie, man. Good movie. Now, if if you're a Bond person that likes a lot of action and car chases and you know blow ups, they threw some of that in there. But I wouldn't say that this movie is that movie. And if you like a lot of the Bond, like gadgetry and stuff like that, this isn't the Bond movie for you. This this movie. This Bond movie is cool because it kind of humanizes James Bond. It humanizes not just James Bond, but it humanizes his uh, his bosses, um, M, and uh, you know the the uh, MI six or whatever it is, the spy agency he works for. It kind of puts a face on it, and uh, and it's it's neat. It's refreshing. Uh, because it uh, it really kind of spells out the the you know for lack of a better word, the real side of Bond, even though, of course, he's a fictional character. Um, three, four. Um, but uh, so uh, it's not the most inventive uh, Bond movie for all the blow-ups and gizmos and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, man, it's worth it if you like good acting performances. There's, there's, there's three great... Well, you know what? There's great acting performances all around, but there's two standout ones that really caught my eye. Um, and I'm not giving away any of the movie by telling you this, but there's a there's a scene with James Bond where he goes to a uh, kind of an Asian, looks like a, a Chinese restaurant or something. And uh, he's going to uh, collect some money, and he meets up with this kind of sultry, uh, foxy uh, woman, mysterious woman. And uh, they agree to go to the bar and sit down and have a drink. And and when I was watching it, I was like, ah, you know, just another Bond girl. You know, good to look at, but I'm not expecting an Oscar-worthy performance out of her. Well, wrong. I mean, uh, this scene unfolded, and it's a a long scene. It's probably about, you know, five minutes long, six minutes long. And it just consists of James Bond sitting at a bar with this beautiful woman and I don't know who she is, but her her acting just caught me off guard. She she was just uh, incredibly uh, poised and intense, and captivating, and uh, full of surprises and subtle. She just had some very uh, subtle uh, movements she made with with her face. She did this little thing where her eye went lazy for just a brief second. One of her eyes would droop. And you don't kind of expect that coming from a beautiful woman. And and she did some stuff where her fingers were trembling and her lips were quivering. And it was just very, very intense. And it was one of these scenes where you don't get it a lot in movies these days where they just let the actors act. There's no director. There's no producer. There's nobody going, you know, it's speed the scene up. It's, it's, It's lacking energy. What they call it in the industry is they call it pace it up. A director will come up to you, and this has happened to me because I like to take my time too, but a director will go, you know what, let's do it again. Let's just pace it up. Yeah, pace it up. And I always forget what that, I go, well, what does that mean even? You know, speed it up. Bring bring the words together faster. Yeah, okay. Can you not tell I talk slow to begin with? It's like trying to tell a to turtle to put on some rollerblades and, so anyways, uh, this scene really unfolds nicely. It's comfortable, and it's sexy, and it's it's kind of dangerous. And if you go see Skyfall, watch for that scene and, and watch for this beautiful uh, Bond girl 
and just watch for all the little nuances, the little the little facial tics, the eye droop, the uh, the trembling fingers, the way the the way she lets the cigarette smoke trail out of her mouth. Just uh, really wonderful performance. I don't even know her name, but uh, man, if if that's any indication of what she can do, I hope we see a lot more of her because. Uh, she was just uh, captivating, to me at least. Uh, I'd be interested to see what you guys think. And then secondly, uh, the villain in the movie, uh, and again, I feel horrible. I forget his name, but he was he was the, the villain also in um, No Country for Old Men or whatever that Coen's brother movie was. He's a Spanish guy or a Latin guy, and um, oh, man, same same thing. He pops on screen in the opening scene with him where we first meet him for the you know, for the first time we see him come onto screen and he confronts James Bond. James is uh being held prisoner, he's strapped to a chair, and this guy just does a slow walk towards James and then gets overly close with James. And I'm not gonna give it away, but Oh, just some beautiful, beautiful acting. Slow, subtle nuances, just little noises, little tilts of the head, little guttural sounds, facial tics, glances, giggles, nervous laughs. I mean, just, just you know, you see that performance and, and you, you really remember the beauty of acting and the beauty of, of really good actors and... uh the way acting should be, in my opinion. Uh, again, just uh, an incredible scene, that opening scene where he meets the villain. <laughs> and uh, just, uh, you know, slow, a slow burn. The, the director let them take their time and some long pregnant pauses, which you don't get a lot of anymore. But, you know, sometimes so much can be said in in silence. Uh, when there's nothing there, when there's no words, and you're just hanging, and uh, that creates anticipation and uh, nervousness and uh, curiosity and all those wonderful things, and it takes a good actor to pull those silent pauses off, but um, this uh, this gentleman, uh, the villain in the new Bond movie, certainly uh, does it uh, very, very well. So uh, on top of it being a good movie, a well-done movie, an entertaining movie, uh, look for those two scenes, two of my favorites. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a shout-out for one more scene. Um, this movie should, should win an Academy Award just for the lighting. Uh, when you go and watch the movie, you might not be one of these people that looks for these types of things, but you know, me being in the movie industry... I always look at all these layers. I, I listen to sounds. I watch the lighting. I, I watch. You know, I, I, I watch everything because I've been behind the, the curtain. I, I know how all this stuff works, and um, and uh, so my mind just goes there automatically. But but there's there's one scene in particular where James Bond chases a villain, a hitman, up into a high rise building. Uh, it looks like it's in Tokyo or somewhere in the Orient, and. Uh, he he follows this guy up into the building and into an office where this guy's about to uh, to uh, make a hit, and just just look at the incredible lighting throughout that scene. It's some of the best lighting I've ever seen. Normally, the lighting wouldn't stand out to me, but the lighting actually is the star of this scene. And again, it's probably about a four or five minute scene, 
and uh, the reflections off the glass and and the uh, the neon signage and there, there's even a, there, there, there's there's they're fighting in front of this big uh, electronic billboard that's got a a jellyfish on it a giant like white jellyfish and uh, it's an exciting scene but if you if you can remember to do it when you go and watch the movie beyond the action that's happening. Put your mind into a frame and go, I'm going to check out the lighting while I'm enjoying everything else. And uh, I think you'll be, it's just stunning. It's just a stunning piece of lighting to work look at. I know that sounds weird. And you're like, what the hell is he talking? I'm not going to go go no movie look at no lighting, man. What the hell's the matter with him? I want to see some, you know, car blows up and shit. I ain't going to look no fucking lighting, man. Well, I'm telling you, look at the lighting, okay? Just in that scene. I mean, look at the lighting through the whole movie. So there. The, the, there's other scenes that where the lighting's incredible, but that one scene in particular, check it out. So big thumbs up to the uh, James Bond uh, movie, Skyfall. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check it out. And uh, speaking of movies, um, check out my friend... Uh, Doug Loves Movies podcast. My friend Doug Benson, who's a really funny comedian, uh, he recorded a live podcast, asked me to be a guest host. Uh, not a guest host, just a guest. And uh, I think that might be, uh, it might have just gone up today or yesterday. Um, and uh, I was his guest on the show, and we talk about movie trivia, and uh, we play a few movie games and things like that. Um, it was. It's very fun, very entertaining. So look for that podcast. Doug loves movies, and um, and you can hear me and Doug and a couple of the other guests having a lot of fun um, on on his podcast. Um, so there you go, man. So those are my uh, those are my stories of the day. Um, let me see what else can I tell you. Uh, don't forget, I will be doing if you're if you live in the Toronto, Ontario, Canada region or Buffalo, or whatever, and you don't have any plans for New Year's Eve, uh, check me out. I will be performing at Massey Hall in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, New Year's Eve. It's going to be a great me and a bunch of other uh, comedians. And the show will be done by 10.30 at night, so you will still have time to go out and party, bring in the new year with your friends, or go to a party. Um, be a great night. You can come catch the show at Massey Hall and then go do your thing. Um, so it's a great venue. It's a very old, famous, great big giant theater in downtown Toronto. It's going to be a blast. Um, and then, uh, what else can I tell you? Um, don't forget to look out for my new stand-up comedy special. This thing will be coming out, uh, January 15th. As of now, you can uh, pick it up at Best Buy. Uh, it will be available at Best Buy and online. I do not have any of the other outlets available just yet, but I can confirm that it will be at Best Buy. Uh, it's called Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature, and um, it's different, man. It's me doing my my next stand-up comedy special in the middle of the desert on a hill in the middle of the day with no audience. <laughs> and it's... It's pretty kooky. I'm really excited about it, and I hope you guys will uh, pick it up and uh, get some laughs, man. I took a lot of chances with it, and uh, I think that's the way comedy should be, man, taking chances. And this special uh, certainly uh, certainly does that. Um, 
Don't forget to check out uh, the uh, podcast network, All Things Comedy. Uh, you can find uh, my podcast on All Things Comedy, plus a bunch of other hilarious comedians are on there. Bill Burr and Al Magigal and people like that. Jake Johansson. And uh, also you can just uh, find out what's going on in the comedy scene uh, on that uh, network. And uh, great to be a part of that. So check that out. And check out harlowwilliams.com. Check out our store. Uh, start getting your gift uh, gifts for Christmas uh, ready. Order away, and we will send them out to you. Um, join the Twitter uh, scene at Harlan Williams, and also Facebook uh, Harlan Williams official Facebook page, and all those good things. Um, and that's it for today, man. I've got to uh, I got to get some needle and thread and head down to Home Depot and stitch some heads back on. There's some drafts bleeding in the aisles uh so i hope you had a good time thanks for being here everybody pavement pounders wherever you are in the world and uh, until next time chicken chow mein baby have a really nice day today folks you deserve it